Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers have a winning streak. Malik Monk is a plus-minus god. And Russell Westbrook finally looked like Russell Westbrook. Can we just, for a second, be thankful for the fact that the Lakers beat the San Antonio Spurs? It's just nice. It's a nice addition to your day. It's just a well-struck chord on the perfect guitar. We just get to enjoy that. Let's just start there, enjoy that, let it sink in, and maybe do it a few more times this year. Like I said, the Lakers beat the Spurs 125-121 in overtime. Uh, the Lakers bounced back, bounced back in the third quarter. They gave up 35 points, only scored 24 of their own. Uh, and then in the fourth quarter, scored 29 to the Spurs 17, which forced the aforementioned overtime. And the Lakers kind of took care of business there. So uh, it was it was an up-and-down game. There were some stretches there where the Lakers looked really, really good. And then there were some stretches there where Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook played together. Let's again start with the positive. The positive from this one is that Russell Westbrook looked like Russell Westbrook. He was attacking. He was getting to the rim. And when he was getting to the rim, it was doing so with a purpose. And he was punishing the Spurs for playing off him until the bitter end. And then, you know, he was finishing at the rim. Now, it wasn't exactly the most efficient night, though by Russell Westbrook's standards, this is pretty high up there. He goes 15 of 27, one of four from three-point range, 10 boards, eight assists, three steals, uh, did have three turnovers and five uh, personal fouls, uh, finished with 33 points, and easily, easily, including preseason, including the first few games of the season, Basically, since media day, Russell Westbrook has not looked better in a, in a Lakers uniform. And it was honestly not all that surprising. I feel like the Lakers could probably take a couple lessons from this. For one thing, if Russ is going to look like Russ, you have to make him comfortable out there. And so far, he just has not looked comfortable alongside a lead ball handler. That's not just LeBron James. LeBron spaces the floor, can cut, can finish, can do all those other things. But in those minutes with Russell with with Rajon Rondo playing alongside Russell Westbrook, here's the stat as it stands right now. To this point, they have played 3 games together, 20 total minutes. They have an offensive rating of 83, meaning they score 83 points per 100 possessions. They have a defensive rating of 126.5, meaning they score 126. The opposition scores 126.5 points per 100 possessions while those two guys are on the court together. For those doing math on their hands and toes and fingers and whatever other limbs that they need around the room to do all that math, That's a net rating of negative 43.6. What? Now, sure, you have some small sample size there, but honestly, it makes sense. Rajon Rondo doesn't space the floor. Russell Westbrook does not space the floor. Neither of those guys are very good at cutting. You can't exactly run those guys in the pick and roll together. 
They both are not very good on defense right now. Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook both like to take chances, which means that more often than not, the op- their defense has to face the opposition you know, with a man down because they just ran in the opposite direction trying to go for a steal. And, and yes, they do things on the court. Russell Westbrook at least does things on the court that make up for some of that stuff. But while they're on the court together, especially in minutes where you have Anthony Davis and a center out there, that means that you are playing with four non-floor spacers because AD is not a three-point shooter right now. You have Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook, neither of whom are the kind of shooters that defenses, like even while Rajon Rondo is is a decent percentage-wise three-point shooter, no defense really rushes to stop him from shooting. Russ is maybe the worst volume three-point shooter of all time. So that means you have one potential floor spacer out there. If it's Kent Bazemore, he hasn't exactly been shooting lights out. If it's Austin Reeves, you're talking about an undrafted rookie. If it's Carmelo Anthony, well, that's another poor defender out there that Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard have to make up for. If it's LeBron James out there, okay, but like that's how you want to try to use LeBron to make up for both of those guys? And, and even there, you have three insanely ball-dominant players who are all trying to figure out things. It's just, it's not a pair that we should ever see ever again. Even in games that LeBron James is sitting down, just go ahead and play Russ the normal long minutes tonight. I think he played about 40 minutes. Yeah, he played 40 minutes in this one because of the overtime. And that means you had had Rajon Rondo out there for 20. Just cut those Rondo minutes down and make sure that they never overlap with Russell Westbrook. It's, it's, this is, this is basic stuff. This is, it, this is frankly what, no pun intended, this is what preseason should have been used to figure out that those two cannot work together. Theoretically, ideologically, it, 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 they don't even like each other. <laughs> like, they, they, they historically have not exactly liked each other. So, so it's, just, it's just, if you're trying to maximize Russell Westbrook, I think it's pretty simple. You put him with a with a pick and roll partner, ideally Dwight or AD, because DeAndre Jordan shouldn't be playing anymore uh, NBA minutes for the rest of his career. And then you surround that pick and roll combo with three shooters. And ideally, two of those three shooters are decent defensively. So you have like Austin Reeves out there and maybe Kent Bazemore. And then that allows you to play either Malik Monk or Carmelo Anthony in that last extra spot. And I just think for for what we saw in this Spurs game, if the point of this is to try to get Russ going, then you cannot saddle him with players who make the game more difficult on him. Speaking of Monk, let's give a shout out to the plus minus Kang. Holy crap. Plus 31 in 39 minutes. Means, Means basically every time he stepped onto the floor, The Spurs just dropped five points, and the Lakers picked up a few of their own. It was incredible to watch, and he hit a giant shot. That three-pointer that probably stunned the vast majority of people watching that game. Uh, But still, Malik Monk... So when when we're talking about like why Russ doesn't necessarily fit with Rondo, well, Russ fits with Monk because Monk is somebody that defenses have to pay attention to. He doesn't require 
long time, you know, long extended period of time uh, on the basketball. He is somebody who will probably slip up on defense, but plays the kind of defense if he's doing it the right way, where like he's not going out there and gambling. It, when he when he you know flubs a defensive rotation or something like that, it's usually an error of omission. Whereas like Rondo, Russ are usually errors of commission where they're trying to run in the opposite direction to try to create a steal or a turnover or something like that. Monk is just not good defensively, but he's at least somebody who I think the Lakers can continue to teach to stand in the right spots. Whereas like he's not actively running in the wrong direction. So I think here when it comes to, again, figuring out guys who fit with whom, Malik Monk is somebody who the Lakers should seriously give a nice long look to. And if I'm Wayne Ellington, I'm getting a little nervous about what I'm seeing here from Monk because you thought maybe it was like just hot shooting at the beginning of the preseason and and maybe it would cool off. And sure, his percentages here are not going to blow you away. 6 of 15 from the floor, not ideal. 4 of 10 from three-point range, I'll take it, 40% on volume. So like... If this is the player that Monk is and he continues to shoot the three-pointer at that kind of volume, at that kind of percentage, the Lakers have to find minutes for him because he's the kind of shooter who bends defenses, and that's the exact kind of shooter the Lakers need more of. I also want to give a shout-out here to Anthony Davis. I wasn't particularly thrilled with some of AD's game here. I thought he picked a per, pretty poor stretch down the down the uh, down the end of the regular season <laughs> regular season regulation uh, where he started settling for fadeaway jumpers and I thought that kind of took the Lakers out of a rhythm. He did shoot 31 times, which tells me that he was at least aggressive. He scored 35 points, which means that he succeeded a decent enough time. Only the six free throws is a little odd to me. Uh, did grab. 17 total boards, which means he was nice and physical out there down low. Four assists, which is pretty high for him. Four blocks, which is great for anybody. Um, And then most importantly, he goes down, gets kind of bumped. Frank Vogel said after the game that he thought they kind of, he bonked knees with somebody. I think it was uh, DeJounte Murray who was pinching down on a free throw. And I think they just kind of, he just kind of collided knees there put AD in an awkward spot and he went up to explode and he didn't feel comfortable doing so. We'll see uh, his availability uh, availability in tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But for for the fact that he was down in a heap, tried to jump for a lob that rushed through to him at the end of regulation, and you were kind of wondering heading into overtime if this guy was actually going to be available. Not only was he available... He was the best player on the basketball court. He finishes again 35-17-4-4. I'll take it. Great game from AD on a night where the Lakers desperately needed it. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, I want you guys to check out, look, Harrison hasn't been around for the last few weeks. He has been recovering and taking his time and getting ready for the season He is uh, going to start playing himself into game shape, it would appear, over the course of the beginning of the season. He is on with me in this this week's episode of the Lakers Lounge, so check that out on this very feed. On silverscreenroll.com, there is an article that I really, really hope you read. Uh, Alex Regla wrote it, 
and it is regarding an approach the Lakers are taking with uh, Carmelo Anthony and his ghost screening. So check that out, as well as all of the reaction and response to this uh, great, I'm, I'm calling it a great win. Look, the Lakers, anytime a team can win a game that LeBron doesn't play in, that's a great win. So check out all of the reacts, reaction, analysis, response, quotes, all that good stuff on SilverScreenRoll.com. And, uh, and until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.